folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss Nuggets practice today, along with doing a mailbag on the Nuggets rotation. This has been a massive topic that I think a lot of folks are interested in, a lot of folks have opinions on. I consider myself one of the rotation guys, given that I fill out that that graph, that chart, every single game, and I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what Michael Malone likes to do, what he wants to do, how things have gone, and sort of the decision-making behind that. And so I'm going to share my opinions on it in the second and third segments on basic questions that Nuggets fans have asked. I, I asked for questions this afternoon, and I'm going to get a response into those. But first segment, I wanted to make sure to talk about practice I know that there's there's not a ton that came out of it today, but we did speak to Michael Malone. We spoke to Zeke Naji, Vlako Chanchar, and I wanted to just share some points from that just so everybody had them. Recording this late on Wednesday night, so you may have seen them come across my timeline earlier uh, and uh, at other various outlets. So if you have any questions, I'll, I'll share more points on those in depth tomorrow, but I do think... Denver went through a light practice today. They went through what it was described as a 2020 day, which is lighter than even the 3030 day that they had done previously, which is basically splitting the team into two groups, mostly starters and bench. And the starters going to go through, uh, they went through on court stuff, uh, whether it was just shooting around, whether it was just player development stuff, uh, a, a little bit of a mix of both. And then they went up to lift, and the bench had been lifting at that point, and they came down to do the same process for 20 minutes each. So that's what happened today. Nugget shoot-around was also canceled for Thursday morning. So it does seem like Michael Malone has taken a, not, not a passive approach, but just a resting approach to this season for this team. I know that they went through a five-game and seven-night stretch. That's going to continue to be a thing for this team. Or actually, I mean, it's what they're really doing. Or no, they, they just did that. They, they just did five games, seven nights. My mistake. But they are in this situation where with the veterans that they have, the position that they're in. I asked Michael Malone about this and he said, yeah, we're, uh, we are pretty tired. We are in a situation where you don't want guys to get hurt. During practice, you don't want live sessions anymore. That's just not something that really happens in the NBA today. And so you don't want a guy to roll an ankle during a scrimmage because then they can't play in the game. So always going to be trying to game plan for playing as many games as possible. And with load management being as big of a deal as it is, player rest, uh, trying to find ways to keep players on the court. You find less practice time. You find less live practice time going forward. And I think that's one of the things that really stands out about what's been going on lately, especially for this Nuggets team, which is more of a veteran team. Uh, You've got a lot of guys that have a lot of responsibility. And then you've got some younger guys that could absolutely use the development for sure that probably need more game time. But who are they going to practice against? Because you can't have those guys practicing hard and the starters not practicing at all. So player development stuff, you can go harder with the younger guys, not as hard with the starters. 
Uh, anybody that's been through sports, anybody that's that's played through that, understands that you want to take it easy on the days right before a physical game. So we spoke once again to Michael Malone, Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Naji. I found Flacco is a little bit more verbose in his uh, responses to the media than Zeke. Uh, Vlacko had some interesting things to say. I asked him about a variety of things, but one of the things that stands out, Denver has had these letdown moments where they just kind of, like when you see an advantage situation, usually in past, in past uh, iterations of the Nuggets team, they can take advantage of those. They can really capitalize on those. This Nuggets team hasn't really blown anybody out. I'm not sure what the largest margin is. I think it was against the Spurs. Or it was like a less than 30 points. This team has not blown out anybody. They uh, very rarely do that. They very rarely go super hard in those cases. They do what it takes to win, but they haven't done too much extra beyond that. And Vlaco talked about how there's definitely a letdown period where you see an opponent. Uh, I specified Anthony Davis going out, D'Angelo Russell going out right before the game against Minnesota. And in those situations, Denver really relaxed. And Bruce Brown has talked about how the urgency is much higher for top teams. And uh, even like Devin Booker, when he went down four minutes into the game, team could visit, he, like, they definitely visibly relaxed. And I know that the game plan shifted a little bit, but it's very much human nature. It's very much understandable that the team is relaxing in those situations. But I feel like Denver, had they not been burned two, three, four extra times, they'd have an even better record than they do now. Now, again, this isn't a unique problem to them, so I'm not going to draw a whole bunch of attention to it. It's not a really big deal. But if Denver had lost a couple of those extra games that they had won in, in crunch time, then I think you're talking about a different situation where this team is battling for the third seed as opposed to being at the top of the West. And you're looking at the standings thinking, man, it would be nice if they had gotten that one game in December or that one game in January. So glad they don't really have to think about that that much, but the players know it. The players definitely see it. Vlako Chanchar saw it, that's for sure. Um, he was also asked by, gosh, who was it? I don't remember who asked. I know that Harrison and Brenda were there from DNVR. I know that Mike was there for the post. Uh, not, not sure if anybody else was there. Uh, but somebody asked him about Aaron Gordon. I think it was actually Harrison. And just about what he has done and what he has meant to the team. And Vlaco kind of went off the cuff and said, Oh yeah, I think uh I think his chemistry is as best as it's been outside of with with Nikola Jokic. It's the best he's ever seen outside of maybe Gary Harris. And I found that interesting for a couple of reasons. I think Aaron Gordon definitely more of a off-ball player, somebody who's not necessarily Jamal Murray, who's handling the ball. But I thought it was interesting to see Vlaco really relate to Gary Harris. And that was the very famous chemistry that really started the – it was the Jokic-Gary Harris two-man game before it was even the Jokic-Murray two-man game, which has blossomed into something a little bit more. But Jokic-Gary Harris, very much Gary just reading off-ball, whether to cut, whether to DHL, whether to rescreen, things like that. 
And he would do some great things reading the court for Nicola and making it easy for him. And Flacco was very adamant saying, oh, yeah, Aaron is playing like that. He's playing up to that level. And he mentioned how much film Aaron watches and uh, just the mentality that he's taken, how aggressive he is. I thought that was a very interesting and good compliment for somebody like Aaron Gordon, who has uh, – he's definitely improved in that regard. There's no doubt about that. He's become a smarter player in general than where he was. And to see that progression, uh, it has made things easier, I think, for this Nuggets team to have a guy that's willing to do that. And so we've talked about what Aaron Gordon needs to do in order for this Nuggets team to be the best version of that it can be. Given that Jamal has kind of gone up and down and MPJ has gone up and down, Aaron Gordon being steady as a rock, it's just been super, super helpful. Uh, this last game was a clear aberration and probably more to do with the shoulder injury that he's dealing with right now, which Michael Malone today said was just okay. Like the shoulder's okay. It's not great. It's not good. It's not bad, but it's okay. Not super encouraging, but it's something that Aaron Gordon is clearly going to try to play through. And we will see if that affects his game. Very curious. As we said, we talked to Zeke. He He's in a situation right now where I don't think that he wants to say too much and put himself too much out there. It's one of those things where I don't know what his situation is going to look like. There wasn't a lot of great questions, I think, asked of him, and that's fine. I asked him and then kind of complimented his offensive rebounding and then talked about his defensive rebounding. And uh, basically, he said, oh, yeah, the defensive rebounding aspect of it, he has wanted to try to cancel out the opposing team's best rebounder. And honestly, I think he does a pretty good job of that most of the time. Sometimes you're not going to be able to do that, but it was very interesting. I was looking at Denver's splits and what different players were doing statistically. Zeke Naji is the third highest offensive rebounding percentage on the team and one of the lowest defensive rebounding percentages. But Denver's defensive rebounding rate while he's out there, it's not that bad. It could be better, but it's not that bad. And when you notice that at the center position specifically, it really stands out because he's not grabbing defensive rebounds, but it sort of feels like everybody else has really stepped up in that regard, whether it's Bones, whether it's Jamal, whether it's Christian Brown when he's out there, or Bruce Brown, Vlatko. feels like a lot of other guys have grabbed rebounds in those situations, and though Denver could be better at that, I do think that that's at least interesting to see what Zeke has really done in those situations. I'm going to look it up right now on cleaning the glass, see what Denver's defensive rebounding rate is for uh, when Zeke is at center specifically. Let's go to team efficiency, four factors. Okay, it's not great. There's, there's, there's not a lot of great stuff that's happening right now in the entirety of the Zeke minutes. But defensive rebounding, it's not bad. Like, it's subpar. But given that Zeke is only 6'9", and he's dealing as a bigger player, Denver's got to have other advantages. They have been able to make it work. That's actually one of the better things that they've done so far. They've actually 
grabbed an average number of offensive rebounds with Zeke at center, and they've prevented a below average number of offensive rebounds on the defensive side. The problem is everything else, and I could show that off and talk about it a little bit more in a different situation, but actually we have plenty of time to plenty of time to address it going forward, so there will be time. Um, and Michael Malone. Michael Malone's last here. I do think that Malone's in a good spot. He did say today that his biggest challenge is to get Christian Brown on the court. And I sympathize with him for this reason. The Nuggets have clearly made this a nine-man rotation and not a ten-man rotation. And it's hard when you're the 10th player, when you are the 10th guy. Because if you are going to stagger the entire time, that means that you have five bench players, but all five of them cannot be on the court at the same time. So you have to find ways, have to find times to take one out, put another guy in, rotate guys around. I'm going to talk about this more in the mailbag portion of this pod just in a second here. But I do sympathize with Michael Malone, and we'll talk about why it is difficult and and what are some potential fixes that can go into it. But he talked about that. I asked him about the uh, the Western Conference and what parity has looked like in the NBA today, and he had a pretty good quote. He was basically saying, oh, yeah, nobody's really playing well. Well, Brooklyn, they're, they're playing well. And that is absolutely true. He says, quote, Teams have gone on mini runs and have been unable to sustain it. The parity in the West and the NBA is insane right now. The great thing about it is I don't think we've played our best and we're currently sitting atop the Western Conference. Knowing that we have room to grow and room to improve, that's a pretty good situation to be in. Uh, Tend to agree. Tend to agree. When you haven't played your best and are still at the top, that is a good thing to that's a good thing to say. Now he would never say that they're playing their best. He would never actually admit that, even if they were. I happen to think that they're not, and that's a good uh, thats a good thing that they have not played their best. The challenge is, of course, to be able to get to that place and whether you actually believe that they can. Uh, he also said that he talked to Jamal Murray on the flight back from Minnesota, saying to us specifically that he sympathized with Murray playing the stagger minute since it's hard to get into a rhythm. Uh, Harrison and I had different takes on this. I think that he's going to try to continue the Jamal and Bones pairing. I do. But I also think that if he's honest about Christian Brown playing, well, Bruce Brown's going to play. So if you have all of those guys playing at the same time, you can't go super small. So I think they're going to go away from the Jamal stagger at some point. It may not be now. It may not be in the next couple weeks. But I do think that it's eventually going to come to an end. And Denver's going to practice staggering somebody else. But we will see. We will see what it ultimately looks like. I'm very curious. And now we are going to talk about all of the questions that Nuggets Nation has about the rotation. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to do all of those rotation questions. But first. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook is over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. 
Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back with Pick Axe and Roll. back pickaxe and roll ryan blackman here thank you so much everybody for tuning in really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always if you can it'd be awesome if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast five stars apple podcast spotify google wherever you get your podcasts that would be fantastic all right let's get into the rotation questions and we've got plenty here so here's the thing i'm going to try to get through as many of these as possible It's going to be a close to an hour-long pod, so I apologize if you're like, okay, we don't need all of these questions about all of these topics, but I wanted to be able to cover this holistically. So if your question is here, then I am excited to answer it. If you want to skip through various points, I'm going to try to go through this in basically a chronological order, starting with the Christian Brown situation. We are going to go through everything that's connected to that. And then I'll have some other questions that riff off of that. So if you're looking for Christian Brown questions at the beginning, if you're looking for uh, various other rotation players, check towards the third segment. So, all right. Neil, actually, no, we're we're not going to do that one. That's third segment. Joey asks, uh, shout out Joey, sup Blackburn. Why can't the Nuggets just lower someone's minutes? Murray, Bruce, etc.?" to get Christian Brown more minutes? The short answer is that they can. That is a choice that they can make. It is going to be difficult. And I've I've talked to players about this. I've talked to coaches about this. That one of the things that you notice is you don't like when coaches give players a three to five minute stint. That is often reserved for just the stagger or for the last person in the rotation. What I mean by that is that say Jamal plays five minutes, comes out, plays seven minutes, comes out, plays the last four minutes, played 17 minutes or 16 minutes in the in the half, and he got a couple minute breaks here or there. Unfortunately, he never played a really extended period of time, except for that middle period with the with the second unit. And so he's always going to probably be just a little bit out of rhythm, not necessarily something that anybody can control, but it's something to think about. And it's one of the things that Michael Malone mentioned when he was talking about it. He wants players to be able to get into a rhythm. And the best way to do that is not to play them such a short amount of time that they don't have enough possessions to get into a rhythm. Because sometimes, especially if you're off the bench, just playing four or five minutes, and in Christian Brown's case, three minutes this last game, it can be hard to get into a rhythm. So if Christian Brown is your 10th man, then you have to make sure everybody from one to nine still has their own ability to get into a rhythm. And Michael Malone has made that clear that that's what he wants to do. So he'll play Jokic, uh, his customary nine to 10 minutes in the first quarter. He'll play Aaron Gordon most of the time, about eight minutes. KCP, eight minutes, Michael Porter will play seven, and Jamal will play five to six. And he's the guy that 
then comes out. Who comes in for him is often, well, it's uh, Christian Brown. Sometimes it's Bruce Brown most of the time. Uh, Bruce Brown came in when Michael Porter got into foul trouble, I think four minutes into the game. So I think one thing, Joey, that if you're looking for, the Nuggets could change up who comes in first. It could just be Christian Brown. And he could come in for Jamal and play five minutes. Jamal plays five minutes, then Christian Brown plays five minutes, and then Jamal comes back in for Christian Brown. The problem that Denver's been then running into is that they don't want to give Christian Brown another four or five minute stint in the second quarter because it interrupts what the normal flow of the rotations might be for somebody like a Bones Highland or a Bruce Brown, etc. I don't think that it should be as big of a deal. I also think that if you make it so that you can play 10 guys and you can play an all-bench rotation at various points, then it might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, If I were Denver, and I think this is what I would probably recommend, I would play 10 minutes, or I I would play 10-man rotation, and I would play Christian Brown from the middle of the first quarter to the end of the first quarter for a six-minute stretch or so, and then have Jamal just play the rest of the second quarter, have him play an extended stretch of 12 minutes. He'll play 36, and he's been playing about 36 anyway. He'll just play 12 interrupted minutes in the second and the fourth quarters. And then Christian Brown at least gets on the court for 12 minutes. And if he plays well, and you want to change up your rotation a little bit based off of that, then sure, go ahead. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Marcus Jarman, uh, sorry if I, or Marquise, sorry if I pronounced that, unfortunately. Genuinely, why do you think Malone is using Bruce, Jamal, Bones? That group's been a disaster. Is he trying to recreate the Morris Murray thing that would sometimes unlock Jamal off ball? I honestly don't really understand it. So I think that Michael Malone saw Jordan Poole and Steph Curry just be an absolute dynamite duo against the Nuggets in the playoffs. Those two scoring guards having the ability to share the ball, sometimes play off ball, sometimes play on ball, and create opportunities for themselves and others. He actually talked about this in the presser today and was adamant that, hey, that can be a really, really good pairing. We think that both of those guys are dynamic and having the opportunity to do that, and I'll add my own addendum here, without Nikola Jokic on the floor, can be a really good thing. There's no reason why that lineup cannot cook. Uh, I think I think it's actually very possible that it can cook. Here's something that I don't think people realize. Just 45 possessions there have been uh, where Bones, Jamal, Bruce Brown have been on the court, and then Zeke Naji has played center. So not DeAndre Jordan, not Nikola Jokic. Only 45 possessions. The Nuggets are net neutral so far in those minutes. The great thing about those possessions is that Denver has a great effective field goal percentage in that time. 57.5% effective field goal percentage. That's great. That means that they're generating good shots and hitting them at a good clip. The only thing holding back the offense is that they're not getting to the free throw line with that group. That'll probably change a little bit as Murray kind of gets back into the swing of things, but 
I don't think a Bones, Jamal, Bruce, Zeke Naji quartet is ever going to really get to the free throw line that much. The interesting thing about that group is that it's net neutral. They're allowing 115 points per 100 possessions, scoring 115 themselves. They're actually not allowing a whole bunch of first shot makes. It's the offensive rebounding for the defense that has been an issue. That's been what's been an issue lately. And it can you really see that with the shorter groups. But I'm going to fast track this because uh, I know this is kind of a long-winded answer here. He's trying to recreate Morris and Murray a little bit. But the larger point here is that you want to play your best players. And Bones was one of their best players last year. He was a very important piece to what they're doing. And Jamal, who is one of the best players and is likely going to play all of the minutes that Nikola Jokic doesn't play in the playoffs, you want to try to develop some chemistry with those guys, whether it's with Bones, whether it's with Bruce. Doing that and fast-tracking that a little bit, having all three of those guys play together, it'll give you some combinations. Michael Malone has been using much of this season, experimenting with different groups, playing different units. He's picking and choosing when Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan play. And he's also wanted to see what Jamal and Bones can do together. It doesn't mean that he's going to keep doing that. But I do think that for this particular stretch, he's been trying it. And I think what they found is that with Zeke, it's actually been really good. Or not, not really good, but adequate. With DeAndre, it's actually been horrible. Let me just change this up here real quick. Rather than putting Zeke Naji out there, let's put DeAndre Jordan at center and do the same combination. This is cleaning the glass. This factors out garbage time. Bones, Jamal, Bruce Brown at the guard spots, and then DeAndre at center. Minus 38 uh, point differential. or That's points per 100 possessions, actually, so it's even worse. Uh, not great. Not great at all. They have been horrible on offense, horrible on defense. So actually with Zeke, it's been pretty decent. And that could be small sample size, but this one is also small sample size. So you never know what made threes or missed threes could do. But it does seem to me like they're going to try this and keep trying it. And we'll just have to play that by ear. Matthew Kimura asks, Jamal and Bones are ball-dominant players. Do you think it's possible for Bones and Jamal to work together on the court without one completely icing out the other on the second unit? I think it's possible. I think you want to play free-throwing, free-flowing basketball. And once you do that, you're going to get Bones with the ball in his hands. He's going to play pick and roll. Or you get Jamal in his hand with the ball in his hands. And then you can swing it over to Bones, who has been hitting some nice shots there. I think you probably have to have a better screener and diver than somebody like Zeke. Or DeAndre, for that matter. DeAndre's not great at it. He sets slow screens, and Jamal needs somebody who's a little bit more athletic. There have been some good moments where I remember kind of a what turned into an isolation or post-up for Jamal. He had somebody shading him to one side. DeAndre used that as an opportunity to generate a lob, which was pretty cool. There are opportunities like that within the flow. But they're fewer and far between. I think that Jamal and Bones can play together. They haven't played together a ton. 
which is one of the reasons why you're saying, why you're seeing this. The best way to find out is to practice it. But the problem is that the Nuggets don't practice. So they're practicing it in games. They are trying to find out how those guys can play together, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. And I think it's possible that they can do it, but it's going to take time, like anything. The Jamal Jokic two-man game didn't just originate out of thin air. Denver had to go through trials and tribulations back in 2018-19. It wasn't perfect. They had a lot of downtime and a lot of down moments. So I think Nuggets fans still have to remember that this is a process for everybody, and it's never going to be super quick. I can understand why they're trying to do that. I don't think that it's going to work because I think that Jamal probably needs to be surrounded by two wings rather than, or or bones surrounded by two wings rather than playing a second scoring guard. But here's the thing. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. You never know what the situation is. And it's going to be very, very important at times to just have the capability to do that. Like hypothetically, you can play Jamal and Bones against the Suns in lineups that Devin Booker isn't playing. Like even if it's Chris Paul, what's the worst that you can do? Is he going to run pick and roll, get to a contested two? I think that's fine. I think that's okay. If you're playing the Suns in a playoff series and you need the offensive punch without Jokic on the court and without Booker on the court, that can be a really good lineup that Denver goes to. I do believe that. All right. Bill Clift asks, what is the best plus minus lineup that includes Bones? I feel like he needs to be on the floor for this team, but he has had a rough start to the season. The best plus minus is... Uh, with Bones, Christian Brown, MPJ, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, plus 15 in 23 minutes over the course of four games. It's a pretty small sample size. Haven't really gone back to the MPJ stagger. I do think that that's eventually where they're going to land, either him or AG. But I think right now they are trying Bones and Jamal. I think that Christian Brown can fit into that. Hypothetically, if Bruce Brown weren't there, I think Christian Brown is the perfect uh, player to basically fill his role. And you go Bones, Jamal, Christian Brown. Now, we'll see what that ultimately looks like going forward. But actually, let's just check that. I want to check that and see what that looks like um, with Jokic off the court. Filter lineups. Um, Sorry, this takes a while, but... Okay, so it's not the worst thing in the world. 73 possessions with Bones, Jamal, Christian Brown, minus 8.7. They've scored a ton, but they've been scored on even more, uh, giving up a whole bunch of offensive rebounds. And uh, that's, yeah, that's going to be a thing, giving up a whole, a whole bunch of offensive rebounds with Zeke on the floor as the center. So, yeah, I'm coming to the opinion, I think, that Denver is going to look completely different with this bench unit, if they were able to add somebody who could operate as more of a fulcrum for that second unit, whether it's a stronger rim runner, uh, somebody who's a little bit more capable as both a rebounder and a defender, somebody that can catch the ball, somebody that can pass, any more combination of those things, I think that would be great. Uh, But right now, the best Bones lineup is Bones, Christian Brown, MPJ, Jeff, and DeAndre. And 
don't really have access to that one right now. Brennan Stewart asks, there's been a lot of talk from fans of Malone about needing to fit Christian Brown into the rotation. What is the ideal way you see that happening around Bruce, Bones, Flacco, etc.? Uh, I think here's where I'm going to drop this one. I think Jamal has to play and you don't want to cut his minutes. You just want him to be used to playing that much going forward. I thought about cutting it to 30. If if he wants it at 35, 36, then who am I to really argue with that, honestly? Who might argue with anybody if they show capability to do that? Um, I think Christian Brown should play the middle to end of the first and third quarters. And I think that they should stagger MPJ a little bit more than what they have. That means getting to defensive lineups in the first and third quarter that feature Bones, or not Bones, uh, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. I love that group. I think that Christian Brown should play with that group. That's a good one. And then you have Jamal and sometimes Michael Porter staggering with Bones. If you have Bruce Brown out there, then fine. Christian Brown, I think, would be better in that group. But ultimately, I, I would hope that you can find other opportunities too. Le China asks, uh, shout out LeBron James and China. What is the team's goal for how many minutes Jokic plays? What data goes into that number? How much will it go up in the playoffs? Right now, he's averaging 33 and a half. That's more than he was averaging last year, which I think they can do because his minutes, he doesn't have to play as hard as he did last year, which is good. I think that by, I don't know, like they're going to try to keep it at 33. That's a number that they've tried to live at for a while. It's in between 32 and 34 for most of his career. If I were them, I would try to keep it that way. And I'd up it to 36 to 38 in the playoffs. And then if you have to play him 40, it is what it is. But you just try to let him play as hard as possible during that time and then survive the other minutes. That is why the minutes with Bones and Jamal and MPJ staggering and whoever else is out there. That's why those are so important. What rationale, uh, Michael asks, what rationale does Malone employ to decide which games DeAndre Jordan will play? I have, I hate having to wait until the two minute mark of the first quarter to find out whether I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know. I've, we, we've tried to figure out what is a DeAndre game, what is a Zeke game. There are certain matchups where I've thought it's clearly a Zeke game and it turns out to be DeAndre. And sometimes it has worked and sometimes it has been horrible. Sometimes you think, okay, against the Boston Celtics might make sense to be a, like they have Robert Williams, might make sense to be a DeAndre game. And it turned out to be a Zeke game and Zeke played pretty well. So I don't really know. I don't know what the actual decision is there. And whether that's just a how he's feeling kind of game or if they're trying to match up with the opposition a little bit more. Maybe it's what the Nuggets have done well at that point, whether it's switching defense or if they need to grab rebounds or something like that. I think the rebounding is honestly probably what Michael Malone is thinking about. If you're playing against a bench that rebounds a whole bunch, you're probably going to want to go with DeAndre. If you're playing against a bench that doesn't rebound a ton, he might go with Zeke. And Shortspot asks, last one before we hit a break, 
Has Zeke Naji played well enough to keep rotation minutes on certain matchups, or does Denver have no choice but to make an upgrade at the deadline? Denver has a choice in all of these things. They definitely can go make an upgrade. I, I would recommend it if I were them, because I don't think that you can really go fully matchup-based. That to me seems like an issue heading into the playoffs where you don't know what the matchup is because you know what they say about quarterbacks. If you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. Uh, That is, I think, very apt in this situation where if you have two backup center candidates, what you really have is no backup center candidates because you don't really trust either of them to be the full-time option. So that would be what I would try to target is somebody that can be versatile enough to play the four in some lineups, but also somebody who can slide to the five. And like Zeke has that potential. There's no doubt about it. Fortunately, he's 21 years old and Denver just needs somebody who I think can provide a little bit more oomph right now. And they don't have time to wait. I know people would love to fast track that development. Don't feel great about selling off another player, another prospect. Given what looks like a successful renaissance for Bull Bull, given what's happened with Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, guys like that, I understand. I get it. But I also think that Denver has a timetable. And if you can find a guy, uh, a Kelly Olynyk, a Jared Vanderbilt, a whoever, who can really emphasize what Bones does well, what Bruce Brown does well, what Christian Brown does well, and what Jamal Murray does well, that's honestly, that's probably more important than waiting out Zeke's development. Because what is his ceiling for this Nuggets team? You believe in Aaron Gordon. You believe in Nikola Jokic, obviously. You believe in Michael Porter. So is Zeke going to be a 20-minute-per-game guy at his ceiling? I think that's what you're looking for. So other teams can find more minutes for a guy like Zeke. But for Denver... They need to maximize the minutes that they're playing right now. So that's how I would approach this. I'd be open to it. And it's not that I don't like Zeke. I think he can be very valuable. But I just think that he's not fully ready. And that's okay. He's 21. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up with more rotation questions. I'll go a little bit more rapid fire this time. We'll be right back. Back, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Final segment here as we continue the rotation questions mailbag. Uh, we'll go rapid fire here, or not, not, not super rapid because I want to make sure everybody gets their shine. Neil asks, are there too many rotation or are there too many players that deserve minutes fogging up the rotation? What teams, players may be on the trade block that could help solidify a consistent rotation for the stretch run? Well, Obviously, I've answered this question a couple times or, or something similar, but I think the concept, too many players that deserve minutes, I think is interesting. Denver has talented players. I think you ask a lot of players, like of Vlako Chanchar, and he says, yeah, we've got a lot of guys that could probably start on other teams. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But Denver certainly has Bruce Brown, who could start on a lot of teams. 
Uh, Bones Highland will start on some teams when he gets into his prime. Christian Brown, I think, will be a consistent starter. Jeff Green has been that guy. DeAndre Jordan has been that guy. Denver's had lots of players who have been that guy before. Right now, they are in a situation where I think they've got a lot of 8th and ninth players in their rotation. Players that you feel good about if they're your 8th or ninth guy. Like Bones, I feel like you you feel good if he's your 8th or ninth guy, not necessarily somebody that you have to consistently rely upon. But Denver doesn't have great other options. Uh, Bruce Brown, six man. Like that's that's a very important piece here. One of the interesting things about Bruce versus maybe somebody else that's like a, a Jordan Clarkson or somebody. Jordan Clarkson is going to help bolster a bench unit. He's going to, and I know he's been starting lately, but this is the version of him that was like winning six man of the year. Bruce Brown is going to bolster the starters from the bench. That's the kind of player that he is, how he accentuates what good players do. Jordan Clarkson is kind of an option unto himself that operates outside of the flow a little bit, but can create. He's talented enough to do that, can work outside of the normal system of whatever the team is doing and make it work. Players like that like a Montrez Harrell, a Lou Williams, a, J- a Jamal Crawford, a Jordan Clarkson. Bones is kind of developing into that or somewhere close to it. I think that he can get to that place. He's still just a little bit far off in terms of the veteran consistency factor. But a player like Bruce Brown doesn't bolster what the bench does. He bolsters what the starters do, can fill in for anybody, can help out in those situations. I think Denver's built a lot of guys on their team like that. I think Christian Brown is like that. I honestly think that Black Ochantar and Zeke Naji are kind of like that too. They are ceiling raisers in a lot of ways. They're not floor raisers. Vlaco might be a floor raiser, actually, now that I think about it. Bones needs to be a floor raiser at various points. He needs to get Denver's bench to a place where it doesn't suck. And he has the capability to do that because he has the ball in his hands a whole bunch. If he makes good decisions with the ball every time and makes enough shots, Denver's bench should be able to survive. There's no doubt about that. He he has the talent to do that. On occasion, he can absolutely do that. But I think there are enough possessions that kind of go wasted right now. Jamal has not had a bunch of success with the bench. There have been lineups that he's worked with, lineups that he hasn't. But I think that you need some players that are floor raisers, some players that are ceiling raisers that come off of your bench. That's where deserving minutes kind of comes into comes into that factor. Sorry to not fully answer that question, Neil, but it's an interesting interesting idea where you have guys who can bolster what you're currently doing versus really be that independent scorer, be that independent player who can you can add into that. Because a lot of those guys, they get played off the floor. And I think Bones might be like that, or he's at least closer to that. But if you just traded for a version of, let's say, Montrez Harrell, Kelly Olenek is kind of like that. He's somebody who I think would really help out the bench in the short term. How much would he help in the playoffs, though? I don't really know. 
Nuggets Championship Parade is the name. He asks, Peyton Watson is the ideal archetype. Nuggets are lacking. I know he won't be in part of the playoff rotation, but would like to see how he looks in a couple of games. I I understand that. I definitely understand that. I think he'll get some more opportunities in the later portion of the season. Right now, Denver's just trying to get wins. And if they had, I don't know, if they had a bunch of injuries to various players, like let's say, let's say Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, and um, and Vlaco Chanchar were all out. You probably start Christian Brown at the three. You probably start Zeke Naji at the four. And then you play Peyton Watson off the bench next to DeAndre Jordan or somebody like that. And you get to see what a guy like Peyton Watson would do where he's athletic enough and versatile enough to do a bunch of different things. Though he is going to look like a deer in the headlights at times and he'll look like a deer on roller skates at times. That's just how young players, young athletic players are. But I think this is possible. I think it's possible to get him in for a couple of games. I'd like to see it too. Uh, he has played great in the G League. There's no doubt about that. He's back in Denver right now. Sustained an injury. He's on the injury report. He's considered out for Denver right now for their next game. I wonder if that's the reason why he's back or if they just want him in town. But I guess we'll see. Karbik asks, Murray playing with the bench is hurting his process as well as the teams, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a Murray guy, so I often try to preface that when I say things about Murray in general. I don't think that Murray's hurting the process of the bench. I think the bench process has been bones running pick and roll, and Jamal has been mostly trying to shuffle out of the way of that. Now, he does have some high, higher usage games where there have been times where Bones has been the main part of the show, and then there have been the flip side where Murray has just taken a whole bunch of shots. And honestly, like Murray's just not making a bunch of shots with the bench. Just looking at the numbers, his true shooting with the bench right now is really bad. I'm not sure if that's the process. I'm not sure if that's like him looking for the wrong stuff. Uh I know that some of the post-ups and some of the isolations that he had in this last game were horrible. I know that some of the plays that Bones has where he gets stuck in no man's land and the, the shot that he made against the Celtics where he got stuck in the paint and then scooped it around his man with his left hand. Like that's a that's a horrible process where he just had nowhere to go and just made a play. But I don't know if the bench has a process right now, you know? Like what is the process for the bench? Is Murray really hurting that? It's it's hard for me to tell. Six course, he asks, or or she, will we ever see a Bruce, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, Vlako Chanchar, Jamal, or Nikola Jokic lineup? Okay, so Bruce at point guard, AG at the two, MPJ at the three, Vlako at the four, Jokic at the five. My default answer is no, but like it's not a bad idea. You have just a bunch of length and size and guys that are pretty smart that know how to cut. Uh, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. If you want to stagger, let's say, uh, yeah, if you want to stagger KCP and Jamal with the second unit and run something like Bones, Bruce, or not Bruce, Bones, Jamal, KCP, 
uh, Vlaco and Zignaji, something like that. I'd be okay with that. I think that makes sense. And there's there's some concept there that works. But you've got all that size. You've got all that versatility. Lots of guys that can cut and Jokic will be handling the ball. I can see it. I think that's fine. Nuggets Muse asks, Hey, Ryan, why has D- Davon Reed been kicked out of the rotation? I know Brown has been great, but he seemed really solid last season. Uh, yeah, Davon Reed hasn't seen a lot of time lately. Hasn't really played well when he's had those opportunities. And honestly, Davon has not really had the impact that he had last season where he was making good defensive plays. He was fitting within to what the Nuggets were asking him to do. When you have a complementary role, it makes it a little bit easier. What Davon's had to do when he's out there with the bench is create some shots off the dribble, create some opportunities for himself and others. He's been asked to do too much when he's been out there, frankly, and he just hasn't been great. And then when he's not doing stuff like that, what's he doing defensively? What's he doing moving the ball, screening for others, things like that? I don't think he does enough of those things where you want him out there over a guy like Christian Brown, who actually does do those things just really well. I see that with Christian Brown a lot, where he's making those hustle plays on both ends of the floor, not really seeing it with Davon. So maybe that changes. Maybe he gets back into the rotation. But if Denver's having a hard enough time just fitting in Christian Brown into the minutes, I don't know where they're going to get the time for Davon Reed. Just doesn't make much sense. Cyberslash asks, is it me or is Zeke plus AG plus Blacko or, or Christian Brown an awesome front court off the bench? In my opinion, this has potential in a switch everything scenario. So on one hand, yes. On one hand, that is definitely a lineup that you can use. Zeke at center, Aaron Gordon at power forward, and either Vlako Chanchar or Christian Brown at small forward. There's definitely something to that. The problem in a switch everything scenario is you're having a couple guys that you didn't mention there. One of them is Bruce Brown. One of them is Bones Highland. So let's say you're not staggering Jamal and you're staggering Aaron Gordon instead, because I think that's the idea here. The problem with that is that when Bones is defending on ball or Bruce Brown is defending on ball and those guys switch, then you're asking a six foot four dude or a six foot two that's like 170 soaking wet to switch onto a center. Because if you have a lot of good switch players, it's one thing, but you just need one weakness in a switching system and the opposing team will capitalize on that. So if you're in a situation where, um, let's say, Bone switches onto, I don't know, Grant Williams of the Boston Celtics. Zeke was defending Grant Williams, who was playing the five. Aaron Gordon's out there. Vlaco Chanchar is out there. Bruce Brown's out there. And then Bones is stuck on Grant Williams. The thing that they're going to do is they are going to put Grant Williams in the short corner. And then they're going to run offense and try to shoot something. And Grant Williams is going to get right into Bones and just push him under the rim. And Bones can't do anything about that. It's not his fault. But he's just not really designed for a switch system himself. So if Bruce Brown is the point guard and – or maybe it's even Jamal. Like Jamal can hold his own in those situations a little bit better. If you have Jamal, Bruce Brown, Flacco, Aaron Gordon, Zeke, 
then I think you can run it. I think you can do that because actually that's one thing that Jamal does really well. If they try to post him up, Jamal can hold his own. Bones has not learned how to do that yet. So if he does, then maybe. Right now, that's the reason why they don't do a whole bunch of switch everything stuff is because of that particular weakness. Kev Missions asks, how much would or how much more should they do Aaron Gordon with the bench? Any idea of how they should try it before the playoffs? How much they should try it, excuse me. Aaron Gordon's good. Like he has only played, I think, 75 minutes without Nikola Jokic so far. So he has not staggered a ton. There have not been a lot of situations where Aaron Gordon has been on the court and Jokic has not. So I think they should try it. I think they should try everything under the sun. That's my thing is I I honestly think that you don't necessarily have to come up with one solution. You've got to come up with a whole bunch of mini solutions where you can just pull from a grand list of options and solutions for every situation that you run into. Because the playoffs are weird. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Jordan Poole kicked Denver's ass in the first round of the playoffs and then barely played after that. Only up until the finals, where he started really hitting some shots in the second half of the finals. Before that, he was kind of played off the court. And that could honestly happen to Bones. That could happen to Christian Brown. That could happen to Zeke Naji. That could happen to Bruce Brown. Could happen to any of those guys. Where a team is going to pick on your weaknesses, and if they pick hard enough and they have enough success, Michael Mullen's going to have to go to something else. So Denver's going to have to figure that out. And I am very curious to see which groups he likes and which groups he can continue to trust in that playoff situation. How much should they go with Aaron Gordon off the bench? I don't know. I think they should try it. They should have a situation where, or have at least a time period during the season where you go Aaron Gordon, Zeke Naji, or Aaron Gordon, Vlaco Chanchar, or Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan. And just stagger him with all three of those guys and see what you can do. See what you can find out. Because I think Aaron Gordon has been Denver's second best player so far. Not sure that's really a hot take, at least at this point. But he can help. That physicality, that athleticism. And if you have Aaron Gordon out there as opposed to Jamal Murray, it honestly frees up Christian Brown. Christian Brown can play at the three. We have Bones, Bruce, Christian Brown. Aaron Gordon, and one of Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan, Blacko Chanchar, Jeff Green. One of those guys. That is a good lineup, I think. All right, Quiggs, in that same vein, asks, who's a better matchup to stagger with Bones, Murray or AG? I think they have two different situations. Like I talked about with the uh, with the Phoenix Suns matchup earlier, I think that's a better matchup for Murray. If you have something like of who who would be a better matchup? Memphis. Memphis is a good one because they like to stagger Jaron Jackson. If you have Zeke Naji and Aaron Gordon out there, they can switch and match up with Jaron Jackson pretty well. That would be my guess. Uh, That's somebody that you want Aaron Gordon out there for as opposed to Jamal. But it might be Michael Porter. It might be KCP. It might be somebody else. But I do think that everything has their own utility, you know? I think Bones and Aaron Gordon is a naturally better pairing because they do different things on the court, but it's going to take a whole bunch of different situations to 
figure that out because we may see that Aaron Gordon staggers with bones and it might suck. It might be worse. That's the thing about this is Denver has tried a lot of things and they've sucked at a lot of things. So we don't know what it's going to look like. All right. Final question here. Duck Duck Whiskey. He asks, what's the most batshit crazy lineup Malone should regularly use? Oh man, I had wanted to look at this line. I look at this a little bit better. Let me click on the players and, and see if I can figure something out. Okay. Um, batshit crazy. I guess that includes, or does it not include Jokic? That's a good question. We're going to do one with Jokic, one without Jokic, and that'll be how we wrap this up. The one with Jokic, we're going to put, we're going to put Murray out there with Jokic. And then you're going to go super big. You're going to go Aaron Gordon at the two, Michael Porter at the three, and Zeke Naji at the four. And you're going to have all three of those guys, and they're just going to provide a whole bunch of length. Uh, Any of those guys can be in the dunker spot. All three of them will hover in the dunker spot at times, and maybe that's one of the reasons why you wouldn't want to do it. But if you just run two-man game with Jokic and Murray, and then surround those th- those two guys with your three tallest and most athletic players. I guess that would be Jeff Green in place of Michael Porter, but Michael Porter's still tall, still versatile. There's something to that. And then Aaron Gordon has proven he can hit shots. If Zeke Nashi could prove that he could hit shots again, that would be great. Um, but that's one. Maybe you just put Christian Brown out there in place of Zeke Nashi. Jamal Murray, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. Not wild, not crazy. That's a that's just a future starting lineup, honestly. Uh, one without Jokic, though. Let's get a little bit wild here. Aaron Gordon moves to center. Michael Porter moves to power forward. And you play Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and KCP. You're not playing Bones. You're not playing Jokic but you're playing all of the other good players within the rotation. Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, KCP, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. You're switching everything. You're doing what you can to bolster the non-Jokic, non-Murray minutes. And you're throwing everything at the kitchen sink. You're throwing everything but the kitchen sink, which is literally Jokic. There is something to that. Denver might actually get to that lineup at some point where you have all of the other starters out there except Jokic and Murray. And then you play Bruce Brown and you play Christian Brown, your two most trustworthy defenders. There's something to that. I don't think it's bad. I think you probably need some sort of ball handler to really create. Maybe Bruce Brown can fill that, but they'll probably do a lot of ISO. Actually, KCP has found some opportunities to do that as well. So it's interesting. I'm very curious to see how they would handle that, but I like it. I think that could that could definitely work. Batshit crazy lineup that nobody's ever really thought of. Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Play mid-wing ball. That's fine. All right. I'm up over an hour. Good Lord. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I will be back tomorrow after the Cleveland Cavaliers or no it's not Cleveland I talked about this with oh, the DMVR guys earlier they're playing the Clippers tomorrow should be fun we'll see if uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play 
Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.